Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today uh, by Jerry Hamilton, On3 National Recruiting uh, reporter as well as inside Texas reporter. Uh, Jerry, how you doing today? Good guys. Uh, just uh, on 300 rankings release day, um, which was just released about five minutes ago. And then, uh, you know, and, and then and the show must go on after that. So getting ready for a Texas spring game Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the things that we need to talk about today. And I want to, I want to split the show for those watching. I want to split the show really into two segments, Jerry. Uh, and you and I have talked about this. The first one I want to talk about some of the remaining uh, portal targets that Texas is after. We mentioned those in the scoop this morning on Inside Texas. And then also I want to delve into really what we think the overview of the recruiting class looks like from a numbers perspective. I just want to go uh, position by position. So uh, really get a feel for people. So people can get a real feel for the number of uh, commitments or, or signees Texas is looking for uh, by each position. Um, uh, I'll, I'll start with really the, the biggest news to me of the weekend uh, was O'Shawn Mathis, the defensive end that Texas wants uh, and needs, uh, frankly, from TCU expected to grad transfer at the end of May, uh, is going to make his decision known on, on, uh, at the end of this month, actually. Uh, but he shows up on campus uh, for an unofficial visit on Saturday I mean, that's that's got to be great news for the Longhorns. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, second visit, you know, uh, to Texas um, since obviously Gary Patterson was hired at Texas. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's look, he's as we can argue the name impacts of others. But as far as impact on the field, it doesn't get much better than uh, bigger than O'Shawn Mathis. And uh, look, none of, I don't believe any of us have heard anything different that, you know, Texas is considered the favorite over Nebraska. Right now, as he heads, uh, gets closer to that end of the month announcement, I think one of the key questions now is, does he come back again for the spring game Saturday? Uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not privy to that information right now. We'll see if that does happen. But obviously, he's from Maynard right down the road. So he comes home on weekends. I mean, you know, it, it, it uh, from TCU, I mean, you don't, you wouldn't, you couldn't come up with a reason why he probably wouldn't show up Saturday if he's in town. Yeah, especially if you can get an official visit and, and do that sort of thing and really uh, uh, be there with the team through through a, a, a number of days, basically, right, and get a feel yeah. for the for it. At the same time, he's been to Austin twice now, um, and and some people have asked me, and my my take on it is, you know, what's not the like about him showing up kind of on his own? Uh, I think that that we talk about it all the time. You and I do follow the visits. Yes. Like if a guy is going somewhere, that means he likes them. It's just like I mean, just as much as uh, Javen Toviano went twice to to A and M a couple we are a week or so ago, and you're all of a sudden looking at the Arlington Martin cornerback, like, hey, maybe the Aggies are the favorite here. Likewise, you have to think that that uh, Mathis visiting Texas again uh, is a, a a thought process there. But at the same time, it's not definitive. 
and we won't know for sure really what he's think, thinking, uh, I think, until the end, of, uh, the end of this month. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, look, I, I think all the signs point to Texas, but you got, like you said, you got to wait until that final answer comes. I mean, look, he knows his need. There's a, he is going to be comfortable with Gary Patterson being part of the program. Uh, he stayed close to home once before in the recruiting process. Uh, it, it would make some sense why you would stay close to Manor for one more year of college football. Um, and, and again, but I think the need, uh, I think the need there, I think conference familiarity. He's a uh, back-to-back second team, all big 12 pick. Uh, he knows, he knows the opponents. He knows the personnel. Um, I think a lot of things uh, point towards Austin, but we will wait until that definitive answer. Another player expect that was on campus this weekend with his family was Jai Hall, the, the Alabama transfer receiver. You spoke to a close source to him early last week. I know you've reached out to that same source since the visit, but have yet to hear back from him. Uh, status quo, as far as we know, looks good for Texas. What are your thoughts on that one, Jerry? Yeah, I think status quo, as far as we know, and um, look, until he shows up on another campus, I think it looks great for Texas. We'll see what the visit uh, schedule looks like, but here's the thing. If he, does, if he doesn't schedule another visit, well, he's going to Texas because it's, he's not going back to Alabama, barring the unforeseen. So um, that's kind of the key thing is the next part of Hall's process is, is there going to be another visit set up and when would that visit be? Yeah. I, and we don't have I, that information it, right now. We're, we're trying to get it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, that, that's, that's going to be one of those things that, that maybe it may be information that's hard to come by. So we're going to, we're going to work extra hard, but it's just, um, with these portal candidates, it's interesting that the news cycle is a little bit different, Jerry, than it is the high school players. Um, because the high school players, um, are, there, there are multiple people you can reach out to. There's high school coaches, there's, uh, common teammates or, or friends that are uh, also being recruited that they also know. I mean, with, with the portal candidates, it's really just them and their parents that have the inside scoop. And these kids have been through the game once already. They know the game, they know the recruiting game. Uh, they know the landscape and I, I and, and just think about what we just saw with Amarius Mims. Oh, he's going to Florida State. Oops, no, put that car in reverse. He's staying at Georgia. I mean, and people reporting that he was going to FSU, and it was a done deal. And now he's headed back to Georgia. So, you know, it's a different day and age with the portal kids and recruiting. And the vast majority don't return to a school. But, look, these, these kids have been through the recruiting process before. They're going to be really tight with their information. 
Uh, so it's it's just more digging for all of us at Inside Texas and on three network and everybody in our industry. Another guy that's uh, expected to visit this week is someone that should be somewhat familiar to Texas <laughs> fans. That's Caleb Johnson. This yeah. is this shows you you know the craziness of the portal in, in some ways. It's it, it is a uh, uh, indicative of of a, an issue that we're we're trying to uh, you know walk our th- ourselves through. But Johnson signed with Texas out of Fullerton College. I think in December of 2018, so the 2019 class, or or December 2019 for the 20 class, um, played a little bit for Texas as a uh, walk on, or excuse me, as a uh, linebacker, primarily special team stuff uh, for three games. Opted to transfer to UCLA. Starts 17 out of 18 games at UCLA. 44 tackles, five and a half sacks. Uh, his first year at UCLA. Production down a little bit. Uh, the following year. Now he's expected to be on Texas's campus. He was at Miami this week uh, when we last talked to him. Um, and so w- what are your thoughts there? And really what position do you see him playing uh, given Texas? Jalen Ford has is, is apparently looked good. DeMar Overshone looked okay. Is he a true star? Is he a starter from game one for Texas? Or is he a, a depth guy uh, work his way in? I mean, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts I, well, there I, on uh, Caleb? I, I think that's an interesting part of the process with uh, Caleb Johnson. A fifth-year senior of college football isn't walking in anywhere to be a depth piece in his mind. So I think that's kind of what Texas is going to have to answer uh, as a staff and answer when they talk to Caleb Johnson. I mean, you know, Overshone's locked in at one spot. I mean, there's no way around that, right? And Ford, even Bend has been mentioned, has improved in the spring – uh, so I, I think that's the real question is where does that opportunity lie for him? Is it Miami or Texas? Texas obviously has the familiarity. He jumped on that opportunity uh, out of junior college for a reason. Uh, I, I remember that. He really liked Austin. He kind of had a, a felt at home uh, with Texas. Things have obviously changed. But, you know, that's a that's the, the real question with this recruitment. And one I, I don't think we have an answer to right now because I think those conversations on that visit are going to be so important is – you know, nobody transfers to be a backup player in their mind or to be a piece in their mind. So that's really the, the, the big questions that Texas is going to have to answer for uh, for Johnson on the visit is, is, you know, what what is the role? What do they expect from him? What are the other pieces at the position? Uh, because Miami's had a chance to clear that up for him. Let me ask you this serious question. I- these and nobody wants to talk about or nobody I shouldn't say nobody wants to nobody has really talked about it Texas signs Mathis Johnson Hall just you know putting it out there does that affect any Texas players existing Texas players potentially putting their name in the portal after spring ball I mean at the receiver position I mean it, it you could you could see it I mean we're kind of spitballing here but I mean you had Nayor you had a uh, uh, Hall, who played at Alabama, he didn't have a big role, but he played. Um, and you had a Brennan Thompson coming in, a Xavier Worthy, you know, is going to get 100 targets. I, you know, and uh, Jordan Whittington back healthy. And, and if you're not in that first rotation, you kind of wonder what your future looks like. How much patience are you going to have? And I think that's, le- I think that's a legitimate, uh, a legitimate thing. And, you know, it, it's been interesting kind of to, hear about you know mixing in all the other tight ends along with Jaleel Billingsley in the spring because you know there were some concerns there bringing in a guy that's essentially started two years at Alabama 
um, off and on. And a guy that's an NFL prospect headed in the last season. So I, I think that is um, what makes the portal fascinating. We, we get into the recruiting, who's coming to your program, but we don't often talk enough about how that can affect the guys at the program. And, um, and, and I think that combined with where guys on the depth chart coming out of the spring, right? If you're already not in that too deep, and then somebody's coming in at your position, well, then that that's going to make you take a look at, at, at the school you're at and where your future is. Let me ask you this, Jerry. You and I both wrote about this over the weekend. Uh, the quality of, of player right now Texas has brought in in the portal. Quinn Ewers was a 1-1. Yeah. He, he, was, he was the number one ranked prospect in the country uh, for his class year. He's, he comes to Texas through the portal. Isaiah Nayor, all-conference, all one of the top receivers uh, returning in the country, 12 touchdown catches a year ago. He's, Texas gets him through the portal. Jalil Billingsley, you just mentioned him as a potential NFL guy, started two years at Bama. Um, and then Ryan Watts uh, started some at Ohio State as a corner, then moved to safety. Uh, those four guys are already on campus for Texas. You had guys like O'Shawn Mathis, two-time uh, All-Big 12, second-teamer, albeit, but still <laughs> pretty good player. And then a guy that's a five-star like a Jai Hall. Uh, Caleb Johnson was second-team All-Pac 12 as a, uh, in 2020. Um, you start adding those guys to the list, at least yours, Nair, Watts, and Billingsley, and Mathis, we know have NFL aspirations, Right. If they just ended with those five, irrespective of Hall, who definitely is a five-star prospect, definitely has an NFL aspirations and talent level. We know that. Yeah. I mean, what I've seen, I've mentioned this, the 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 Ole Misses and and South Carolinas and USC's have all gotten a lot more uh, publicity, I think is the best way to put it, over their uh, re uh, recruiting classes through the portal but are they necessarily better than what Texas has gotten? I mean, it is, I mean, we don't know if Jackson Dart or Caleb Williams is better than Quinn Ewers uh, for, for what they're doing. I'm not just going to say that. And those are the two headliners of those two classes. Um, and I look at the receiver group. I mean, they are, I, mean, I think the highest rated re uh, receiver that, that was in the portal altogether, Watts and Billingsley Billingsley is the top tight end in the, in the, in the portal. I, where are you? Where are your thoughts right now on what they've done in in total through the portal at this point, and what might become of it uh, the next couple of days here? Yeah, I think uh, that, that's a great point. I mean, in Texas is not getting as much run nationally as they should for the work in the portal. Now, if they hit on a couple more guys here, I think Mathis would kind of bring that to people's attention. Uh, that'd be a two time. Like you said, all Big 12 selection and Hall would be another guy that transfers from Alabama that played in a national championship game. Um, so, yeah, I, I my thing when I look at it is last year in the portal, I think was filling holes. And I think they did that to a certain extent the best they could. This year in the portal is the difference in winning games. And, and I think that is a major, massive difference. And, and the same can be said for an Ole Miss. Uh, they were forced to go that route. And a, a South Carolina potentially, although I'm not. I, I'm, if Spencer Rattler becomes a great player, I'll be shocked. Okay, I mean, I just don't. I don't see it. Um, but you know, we, you take all the portal guys. If Mathis jumped in the boat, okay, you're better on the edge. Nayer makes you better at receiver uh, because he helps make. Uh, he helps uh, Xavier Worthy become a better player just by being on the field. He can stretch the field vertically. Gives you a size you didn't have 
and size speed combo you didn't have last year. Uh, Billingsley is a, ma a matchup problem at tight end. He can actually stretch the field and opens up a little bit more of the playbook. Do you look, Ryan Watts bring size to the cornerback position um, in physicality, and I, I think I believe fits the scheme. So when you look at those things, those are all guys who are actually going to impact winning games. Um, and of course, obviously, it comes down to once you get to a certain level, Quinn Ewers, Hudson Card, I believe Ewers wins the job. So how good is he going to be in year one as a quarterback? But they've got guys that are going to impact winning this year. And I think that's the big difference. And when you're trying to go from five and seven to eight, nine wins, uh, the portal is absolutely, your, is absolutely your friend and a needed, you need to get needed results out of that portal. And I, I think they're on their way to doing that. I want to mention this, uh, uh, Chris Gilbert, uh, the director of player personnel or high school relations, excuse me, for the University of Texas, gets a lot of credit, uh, due credit, by the way, uh, for his uh, ability to recruit and connect with uh, some kids. Uh, and that's that's all uh, well and good, and he deserves it. The one person that I think that, that we miss a lot is Billy Glasscock, who came over from North Carolina State. Uh, he, uh, in my opinion, has done a uh, tremendous job. Uh, not only in the portal, but also evaluation-wise from the high school ranks. Uh, keep that name in mind because I, I, I really believe that, that Texas is connecting on some things here and, and staying true to its evaluation like we've talked about. Uh, I, I just feel like that, that's, you know, you can't control everything that's going around. You can't control if A&M's uh, getting a number one recruiting class. You can't control what Oklahoma or Alabama or anybody else is doing. You only control what you have in yourself. And I think that they're, I think Texas football's looking good from a personnel perspective because they're doing a good job of evaluation and staying yeah. on things. And, and, and I'll say one more thing about the portal with the, this class. Let's say Mathis does jump in. I, we call it contract year. I mean, Billingsley, um, Naor has a ability to be a draft pick. Mathis, I mean, those are all guys that, you know, could be one year guys and go on to the draft. Those are ideally the guys you want that are already successful players that they're coming to you with one year left and try to get their name in the NFL draft. I mean, those, those are ideal guys because they're going to be playing with a purpose. They're one, maybe two years in Austin and if in Naors, uh, you know, if he stays too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, so let, let's move on from portal. I, I want to thank people for sticking with us, by the way, Jerry and I both write for and work for InsideTexas.com. We have a special one more week, I think, going through the spring game. Uh, please jump on it if you get a chance. Uh, for incoming new subscribers, four months for just $1 at InsideTexas.com. Also, if you get a chance, please, uh, we've seen a, a big uptick in our uh, YouTube subscriptions uh, and uh, podcasts of late. We appreciate it. We're trying to bring you the best information we know how. Uh, we're all contributing to that. Uh, please click that subscribe button uh, on the lower right-hand portion of your screen. All right, Jerry, next piece. Uh, want to go to the just really a numbers situation because I don't know that people have really heard this from us. What Texas is looking for in a recruiting from a recruiting perspective as it relates to high school recruiting by position. So quarterback, we know they want one quarterback this this year. We know who that quarterback is, Arch Manning. Uh, any any debate on the numbers there? Is it zero or one or one definitely? I think that's I, a good yeah. Question. I think I think it's one definite. Uh, the question is, if Arch went another direction at the end of the day, where does that one come from? Does it come from high school? Does it come from the portal? 
I, that's the unknown right now. I think that's something that you don't even talk about realistically until Arch Manning makes his decision. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I think, so zero to one, but definitely, actually it's just one is what you're saying. You think it's one from somewhere. All right, running back, two is, is what I have. Is that correct? I think two is correct. Uh, you know, look, do you have Cedric Baxter, the number one running back in the country? Ruben Owens, our number two running back in the country. Did you see um, what he did? Did you see what he did on the track this week? 10, 6, 8, is a, is, that's a great number. for Almost Ruben. 23 in the long jump, too. Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing with Ruben is, a lot of people look at the competition he plays and said, okay, how fast is he really? Well, he just proved how fast he really is. So now he's got a little feather in his cap uh, on the recruiting front for all, all the fans and all the schools. They're like, yeah, we think this guy's really good, but you know, nobody can tackle him down there. He's faster than everybody. Well, now he's track fast too. So, which means he's ascending, even though he's a little older for his grade, that doesn't mean he's tapped out. He's ascending, and that's always a great thing when you're adding weight and strength and still getting faster. Uh, one of the guys that did show up on campus today or this weekend was Jeremiah Cobb, uh, five foot 11, 190 pounds out of uh, uh, Montgomery Catholic there in Alabama. Texas offered him. It's one of a, uh, you know, Texas, Tashard Choice is offering a bunch of uh, out of state running backs to go along with. Uh, Ruben Owens that we mentioned, uh, and Cam Cook, also in-state, in Trey Wisner and Amarian Peterson. But of those out-of-state running backs, tell us a little bit about Jeremiah Cobb since he was just on campus this weekend. Yeah, he's a guy that was at uh, um, one of the Under Armour camps recently. It was 5'10 change, 5'10 and a half, about 185 pounds. Um, you know, he, I think he's a really solid back. Um, he's got He's got the instincts. He's got the feet in the hole. I don't know the level of athlete he is, he scratched some times at that camp um, that one of our co-workers attended. So we have, we'll have to see on that. I think the main thing is, um, you know, with, with Texas is they're positioning themselves with a bunch of other backs. You know, you have Cameron Cook at Stony Point, right? You mentioned the Marion Peterson, uh, now Cobb. Uh, they've, they've had been in contact with Javen Simpkins out of Miami. So, their John Randall, obviously, they offered, and I'm not sure he's a number two back. He's just a really good back. But so they're positioning themselves well to make sure they get some return visits to campus in June, July, see where things are at. I mean, Cedric Baxter, obviously, the chatter in our industry remains that Florida is going to be in a good spot um, at the end of the day, maybe Georgia, but the school's closer to Miami. And I will say when I stopped by and spoke with Cedric a few weeks ago in Orlando, I did get the impression that there was, a, you know, that family, something within his family could keep him closer to home. But that's a kid that Texas will recruit through the whistle. Same with Ruben Owens. But I think that's the bit that and that's what the staff's done so well is those 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 other guys that you offer. You have to offer them to stay in the game. And then how 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 long do you stay in the game? You got to get those kids back on campus. And I think they're doing a good job with that. Last thing I want to mention on running backs, Cobb's visit is is one of the things that's interesting to me is Texas continues to push further east in recruiting. Uh, you know, they they just go into the SEC, they're they're continuing to push further east than what we, you and I, who have been doing this for a couple of decades, are familiar with them doing. And I think that's twofold. I think he has to move to the SEC and to short choice has the ties in Georgia. And, uh, you know, but I also think it's twofold. I think Lincoln Riley being on the West Coast makes offensive recruiting tougher, 
more difficult for Steve Sarkeesian, even though they have a ton of ties. So I think it's a little bit of forced hand in a way as well. That's interesting. So you're, you're saying from the out West perspective, they, they can't tap into that market as well as they perhaps could because the, the one ones out there are going to SC most likely. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, why, speaking of wide receiver, wide receiver from, from Los Alamitos was uh, on campus this weekend, DeAndre Moore, uh, big time player. Uh, but really, how many how many wide receivers do you see Texas, back to our original topic, how many wide receivers do you see Texas taking in this class? I, I, it's a three or four number. I mean, if, if a Jai Hall went to Texas, could that push it to three? Poss, potentially, unless somebody else leaves. But I think you're looking at a three, four number at wide receiver. And um, look, I mean, we could go through, there's eight guys, eight or nine guys, they're four stars that um, are in the on 300 or right outside the on 300. And um, they've all been on campus. Um, and, and we know Texas likes a lot, all those guys, obviously. I don't think the pecking order is necessarily set until after the May in-person evaluations. I think there's a few guys that if they called and raised their hand, Texas would take the commitment. But I also think they want to take a look at these guys in May. You know, Brennan Marion, uh, he's familiar with a lot of these guys, but it's like we talked about the last time, getting those kids on campus and having that conversation with him and Steve Sarkeesian is big. And then, two, getting out in May and watching these guys, watching them work, watching them be coached. I mean, and all the phone calls with the high school coaches and whatnot, that's one thing, but seeing it with your own eyes, like we talk about all the time, is, is so much more important. So I think they have a really good – group of guys that will fill those three or four slots. I think the big question is who gets the big pushes come May. Yeah. Jalen Hale was in camp on campus this weekend. Justin Wells said that he had a really surprisingly good time. Uh, McCall Harrison pilot, a guy that I wanted to mention to you out of temple, he's yeah. being recruited uh, by Steve Sarkeesian, right? Um, all of these guys. And, and those aren't the guys necessarily that we've been talking about at the outset at recruiting. Uh, but you know, the Longhorns in all on all of them. Yeah, they're absolutely in on all those guys. And, you know, like you said, Steve Sarkeesian recruit personally recruiting uh, Harrison Pilot, which is one of the more interesting recruitments. He's got ties to Houston. He likes Oklahoma. One of his best friends going to Baylor. Texas, obviously there. It feels like one that's going to stay close to home. And he can play receiver, obviously. So he could factor into those numbers as well. Or he could just be a true athlete. And you really technically decide after he comes and works out at receiver. Um, but, yeah, they're in on the right guys. Um, they're going to sign a really good wide receiver class. The question is, when they put that final board together after May, are they going to get the top three or four? You know, Jaden Greathouse from Westlake's a battle. He's been on campus twice. That's going to be a battle with Clemson and Oklahoma, possibly Notre Dame. But that's the guys you want to recruit. You want to recruit the guys that everybody else wants. If you're not recruiting the guys everybody else wants, you're not going to ascend. Yeah. Hey, I, I will say this to you, to you real quick. Um, one of the things that you and I both would agree on, I think, is that every wide receiver that comes to campus seems to like what they see. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, Brennan Marion. That, that, that was not the case a year ago with, right. with uh, um, um, the Andre former Coleman. kids. Right. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think Brennan Marion's such a great communicator and has such great energy that I think these young kids feed off that. They like the vibe. They like the energy. They respond to it. Um, and I think it's a genuine energy and positivity. And kids are always going to respond to the genuine energy. Gotcha. That's All the right. one thing we know about recruiting. They are always going to respond to genuine energy. All right. Tight end. How many? 
one or two. I mean, you know, Will, Will Randall, Kaiway, um, you know, so I, Justin Wells of Inside Texas feels great about where Texas sits with Randall. Um, Kaiway went to Oklahoma Friday and was offered, as expected. They kind of get on him late, but that now they're in the game with North Carolina and Texas. Kaiway has the tw June 24th through 26th visit that North Carolina scheduled. Um, and, and he's expected to make a decision late June. Uh, but, you know, we'll see if that number is one or if they push it to two. Got it. Uh, and it sounds like the only one in state they're willing to push it to two, four is Kaiway, right? As of right now. Yeah, that's all they see until they get out possibly and see some more. Um, I, it, off it, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if they didn't go see a Jaden Platt in the spring. I mean, obviously he's a Stanford commit, but his testing times were off the charts at Under Armour in Dallas. I mean, he tested like a top national tight end. I I, I bet we'll see some more eyes on him in, in May. Got it. Offensive line, how many? Four. I think the number's four right now. And, um, you know, look, there. I the position I think Texas is doing well with a number of those guys, I think it's they're, it's going to be a slower process. They're going to go through the, the visit process, a lot of late summer decisions. Uh, but I, you look at a Jaden Chapman, Texas made up a lot of ground on Harris Sewell. I think they're doing well with Ian Reed, and I'm not saying any of these guys are locks, but they're doing what they're supposed to do right now. Uh, they're very much in the hunt for all those guys. Connor Stroh is interesting. A&M often where both of his parents went. Um, Texas has not done anything to make up any ground with T.J. Shanahan, so there's really five in-state guys right now with Kojo uh, that are that are jockeying, and Texas wants four of those guys, and could a couple of out-of-state guys emerge? Uh, possibility. There's been some offers thrown out more to stay in the game. Uh, than actual we'd take the commitment. But we'll see what happens again with the May evaluation period. But on the offensive line, I think you know who those five in-state targets are. And it looks like they're all those recruitments are all going to go a little while, maybe with the exception of Kojo. Reed's, Reed's recruitment of late has really blown up. It's kind of funny. We, we were on him from the, the very start. And I know you went up and saw him. But offers from and he's a, he's a He's a Midwest guy. So those Michigan, when those people start offering – you know, look, the, the father played uh, college soccer in Miami of Ohio. The, the family's from the Midwest. So when those offers start piling up, I think it, it's an interest, it becomes an even more interesting recruitment for Ohio Reed. State just offered, right? Okay. There you go. Offered. Yeah. There you go. Um, defensive front. Um, you and I talked about this prior to, to get, hopping on this call. Uh, you don't necessarily think it's defensive ends and defensive tackles uh, uh, separated as much as is it a, a total for the defensive front. Uh, obviously one guy is already in the boat and that's Dylan Spencer, the big, big guy out of a uh, Houston CE King that, that, uh, the Longhorns really like he's already committed. Uh, but you, you think that's, uh, it's a combination number for those for, uh, Jeff Choate and, and, uh, Bo Davis. I, I just think we're going to, we're going to see five guys sign on at the edge and D tackle D line positions. I, I think that's really what it's going to come down to. And some of those guys are hybrids, right? I mean, you know, you could you recruit a Dylan Spencer and, you know, maybe he begins his career at edge, but he ends up at D on the D line on the interior. I mean, I, I just think Dylan Spencer is going to be 6'5", 290, 300 pounds. Um, so Texas, you know, at D tackle, we've talked about this. They want some size. They want a big guy to hold the point of attack. Um, uh, Samu uh, out of Atascacita is one of those guys. Uh, Sadir Mitchell out of New Jersey. I think they like his size. Uh, so one of those spots, they want a big body. They want somebody that can hold up at, at, at the point of attack, and I do think that's important if they get the guy they want in this class. I think edge is very interesting to me. I mean, 
uh, we talk about, you know, Texas continuing to evaluate and it sounds like a broken record, but I think May is big there. You know, you look at a guy like Braylon Shelby, I think Texas USC are the top two for him, the edge kid out of Friendswood. Um, but that process will go on a while. Does Colton Vosick show up on at, at Texas? I mean, his father played there. He's been to Oklahoma. He's been to AM, He's been to Oregon. Is he going to show up at Texas for the spring game this weekend? Um, you know, where's Texas at with Vosick? And, you, you know, you just go down the line. But I think the main thing is just – being patient with the evaluation process, making sure they find the correct fits. But I think that number will total five. Got it. Billy Walton, by the way, expected to make his decision sometime soon. Uh, the defensive end edge guy out of uh, uh, South Oak Cliff. Uh, we, we need to keep an eye on that. Um, linebacker, how many? Two, uh, two to three. I mean, you got Burrell. Obviously, you still got to recruit these guys through the whistle. Um, you want Anthony Hill. And Darren Gillette's such an intriguing prospect because I we project him as an edge long term. I just see the guy 6'3, 260, just you know, coming off the edge. But Texas, Texas AM, Alabama, Oklahoma, LSU, all told him linebacker. So they're not telling him edge. They're telling him linebacker. So he's being recruited as a linebacker. So that number, that two, three number. And then you have some guys that I believe are more spring evaluations, Jonathan Hall at Katie. Um, where will his frame go? And then the big one, where will his frame go, is Javen Anderson at North Shore, who they're going to look at as a hybrid safety and linebacker, kind of the way they looked at Harold Perkins in the last class this spring when that when Texas goes to evaluate him in person, and that's per the North Shore staff. So I, I think, the again, the numbers are good uh, there. Uh, the question is, where do you come out on the Anthony Hill recruitment, one that could plow out a while that's – Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Miami's going to make a push. Obviously, visited Miami. The father's from South Florida. Um, so, I think that's – it's just that – the number's two to three, and we'll see how it all works out. Got it. Cornerback. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at two unless there's transfers at corner. Um, you know, a couple of guys that Texas liked are off the board, Bravion Rogers and Javon Thomas. So, we'll see where they go from there. There's Jordan Matthews, a corner slash DB. He is in my mind. He's put up big track times, but that's going to have to translate to play speed on the field a little bit more. Uh, but I, I like two there. Obviously, Javon Toviano, Texas, working to get him back on campus this weekend. And that's that, that's that's a big one uh, because, as you said, he was at AM and Baylor uh, last weekend. I think AM twice a couple of weekends ago. So, um, you know, that that's one that Texas needs to con continue to get him on campus. And that's a recruitment. Look, Justin Wells and I were both at the uh, district track meet for Arlington, and anybody he talked to, nobody had a feel for what Toviano was going to do. George is very much in the mix there as well. Yeah, I, I was going to say, he's a bellwether recruitment, right? He, he's, you're going to be able to tell which way the winds are blowing a little bit with him uh, when he makes his decision. Uh, Tayshawn Wilson is another one that I want to keep in mind, the young man out of the Houston area. Uh, he, he's another corner that Texas is in, the, in on. At safety, Jerry, you think in two or three or – one to two. I mean, what, what is the number there, really? I'm thinking two to three, depending on where the staff is coming out of the spring. Well, how do they see the position? Um, because you've moved some guys around to that position and kind of what are their thoughts going to be on those guys after the spring and how much of a need do they still have there? How does, you know, uh, uh, Brian Allen factor into those future plans? What have they seen from him? I think you know, a Keaton Crawford, how's he doing? It's all those things are going to factor into that number, but I expect it to be two. You know, Jamel Johnson's already in the boat. I expect it to be two. Then, if a Derek Williams, you who you recruit through the whistle, wants to jump in, obviously, you're not going to say no. 
Yep. Derek Williams, two, it's interesting, two of the, the higher-rated safeties that Texas actually has a legitimate shot at are both out of state. Uh, Derek Williams from uh, uh, New Iberia and Louisiana, and then uh, also Makari Vickers out of Tallahassee. And great bringing up Vickers. I mean, look, he, he, the Sarkeesian in Texas has a strong connection there with Vickers. One, he he almost profiles the Texas. We talk about those kids, you know. He, he, he just – Stopping off at John Paul Catholic a few weeks ago in Tallahassee, you know, you talk to him, man, you just get a feel like that kid would be very comfortable in Austin at Texas, University of Texas student athlete. And he is a student athlete. He visited Stanford. But uh, Coach Sarkeesian's wife is related to the wife of Vickers' personal trainer. So there is some strong connect there. The personal trainer and his wife made the trip to Austin with Vickers when he came in town. So there's a lot there. I, I, FSU is really battling to keep him home. I don't know if that happens at the end of the day. I think Stanford's in play. I think Oklahoma made a strong impression. I, I'll be surprised if he doesn't make an official visit to Texas. And, and Tashard Choice also was a, a favorite of his prior yep. to that when Absolutely. Choice was at uh, Georgia Tech. All right, um, and it looks like Texas is going to probably take a, would, would take a flyer on the right punter um, if, if it's the right punter comes along. Uh, as well. All right, Jerry, thank you for, for joining us. I know we went a little long today, but we tried to break down uh, position scholarships that Texas is going to go in and the why uh, behind it, as well as all of that portal news. Again, uh, Jerry and I are with uh, InsideTexas.com. Please give us a try. And uh, we thank you for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton, and this has been On Texas Football.